This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Thank you so much, Pastor Sias. I love you and I'm thankful for you. So thankful for 16 years I've been a part of this church and got to journey with Pastor Sias and so many of you. Uh, I really love this house. Uh, I grew up almost in a sense in the house of God because my mom worked for a church. I just absolutely love people coming together like this. It's a, like he's, he's been saying the last couple of weeks, it's an absolute miracle that happens every single Sunday. Uh, we're going to watch a quick video and then I'll share some more of what we're going to do this morning. So, thanks. We sing about the love of God a lot because there's nothing like it. His love is more satisfying than any experience on earth. His love is limitless in its perfection. But when we hear the word love, we can't ignore our own memories of fragile and finite human relationships. Our culture and our brokenness inform our understanding of what love is. And yet, the love of God is not just some abstract thought. It's anchored in something so concrete, so unmoving. His holiness. We tend to sing and to speak about one or the other. His love or His holiness. But God's word constantly highlights both. God is love and God is holy. Christ hanging on a cross is the most profound demonstration of this. God's holiness demands a sacrifice for our sinfulness. It's the only good and just response to our rebellion. But because God loves us, He saves us. 1 John 4 says, And this is love, not that we have loved God, but that He has loved us. And He sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Jesus was the propitiation for our sins. The atoning, perfect sacrifice who took the full fury of our sentence upon Himself when He took our sins away. This is the gospel. This is the good news. This is love. Sin compels us to cover our nakedness and to hide from God. But now through Christ, there's no reason to hide anymore. His love is not abstract. His love is not sentimental. He loves us with a holy love. And the more we see the holiness of God, the more we see how deep, how undeserved His love is. And then we can begin to love others in the same way. It's that awkward moment when you realize you're wearing the same shirt that you have in the picture at the end. <laughs> um, it's really such a privilege for me to, to be here this morning and just to share these songs with you. Um, if, if I can, in one line, sum up my, my life history, at the age of nine, somebody gave me a guitar. At the age of 10, I wrote my first song. At the age of 13, I was asked to lead worship at my school, and that's pretty much what I've been doing for the rest of my life now. Uh, in a week's time, I turned 35. I've been married for, for 10 years, almost next month, uh, to my wife, Carla. We've got two beautiful little girls. And I love to write songs 
that magnify Christ. And I'm going to cry because I always cry, sorry. Um, and I, I really felt for a long time I wanted to do something like just songs that maybe didn't fit with the shofar band uh, projects that I've been a part of. And I felt last year God saying, this is the time, go for it. So it's been pretty much a, a year long that I've been working on, on holy love. I don't know, has anybody heard it yet? It came out a couple of weeks ago. Okay, it's half of you. <laughs> so yeah, there are some CDs there at the back, and it is on all the platforms where you listen to music, Apple Music and Spotify and all of that. Um, and this morning, uh, we're going to share, share about four of the songs with you and just the stories behind them and, and, and what happened. And I, I want to tie in also with that scripture C.S. mentioned at the beginning with another one which says something quite similar. It's Colossians 3.16. It says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanksgiving in your hearts to God. And I, I love the way that in the same breath, as he's talking about teaching and admonishing one another, he's talking about singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And our songs shape our theology. The songs that we sing, the songs we sing here on a Sunday, or the songs you listen to in the car, they shape your understanding of who God is. Uh, and so as a songwriter, uh, that's really important for me, is that the songs that I write point to Jesus, because that's what we're here for. That's what our lives are here for, is to point people to Jesus. Um, and so this morning, I really want to encourage you. It's not a performance. We're going to be singing some songs, and you're going to be sitting and watching. But we're here to hear the Word of God. Amen? We're here to have the Word of God minister to us. And I really believe the Holy Spirit wants to speak. The Holy Spirit has told me He doesn't want one person to leave here without being touched by God this morning. He doesn't want one person to, to leave this place the same. He wants to bring a revelation of the Father heart of God. He wants to bring a revelation of the depths of the love of Christ, which was shown so inexplicably in the cross of Christ. So we're going to share some songs, and I'm going to, just before we sing them, tell you a bit of the background behind it. Are we good to go? Are we ready? Okay, so the first song we're going to sing is, is called Holy Love. It's the, the title track written by myself and, and Jason and Greg, another friend of mine. And... uh. I really can't stop writing songs about the cross. Um, I don't feel like I can ever say enough about the cross. And Bossesius uh, mentioned it in a sermon last week that the moment we, the cross isn't central in our lives is the moment we begin to backslide. I don't know if anyone else has experienced that. I've experienced that. The moment we lose our wonder at what Jesus has done is the moment our hearts start to harden towards God. And that's why I think something like we did like communion last week, that's why Jesus gave us communion. He said, do this, do this often, remember me. is because the cross is not the basics of our faith. It's not sort of the, the entry point into faith and then we, we move on to deeper or mysterious things. The cross, there's nothing deeper or more mysterious than the cross of Christ. It's literally... It's everything, and I, I believe that we are meant to live our lives through the lens of the cross. Everything is a response to the cross. We can, you can almost think of history as one big build-up to Jesus dying on the cross. And then everything from that point onwards is just a response. How are we going to respond to what Jesus did for us? And um, the, line, uh, the, the song starts with this line that there is love. This is love, sorry. And you saw it in the video now, but God defines love so differently to us. 
I think our love is so many times based on what we can get back. It's based on reciprocation. Whereas Scripture says that when we were dead in our sins, the line I used in the song is, while we spent our lives on our sin, while we were enjoying our sin to its fullest, while we were, in a sense, worshiping our sin, when we were with our backs to Christ, at that point he came and he died for us. That is love. And uh, such a beautiful prophecy of who Jesus is can be found in uh, Isaiah 53. I encourage you, when you spend time you know, on your own as a family or just as an individual with communion, spend time, just read through Isaiah 53. It's this incredible prophecy of who Jesus is. And I'm going to ask Jason just to read part of it uh, because a lot of it came into the, became the bridge of the song that we're going to sing now, Holy Love. So maybe close your eyes while he's reading this. And let's trust Holy Spirit, come and make this revelation that this isn't just words that we're hearing, but that we would see Jesus this morning. Isaiah 53. Who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by man, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. Amen. So, this is holy love. This is love, this is holy love, we spend our lives on our sin, you came for us. This is love, this is holy love, through the thorns and the stripes and the nails you played for us and this love is called my name there is no reason to hide anymore our guilt is removed and the veil has been torn Became the accursed who hung on a tree for 
This is love. This is all love. Innocent, blameless, and pure. Chosen Christ, and this is love.
great sacrifice did for us. To see the cross on which the Savior of the world hung. His pierced hands and his pierced feet. see as humanity but in heaven there was a whole another scene going on there was a whole another story uh, and I think one of my well, not one of my favorite just one of the most powerfully told stories is that in Revelations 4 and 5 where uh, John sees this vision of the throne room of God and then he basically while we were seeing the cross there's this description of what was happening uh, we're gonna, I'm going to ask Jason to, to read the scripture in a moment, but it speaks about the scroll that was held in the hand of God that basically just symbolizes our destiny as humanity. It symbolizes our, our fate in a sense. And nobody was worthy to open that scroll. And John begins to weep. And every time I read that story, I begin to weep with John because it's just, it's the climax in a sense of history, as I said, everything was building up to this moment, and now nobody is found worthy to open the scroll. But then there's an elder who says, "But wait, weep no more. Behold," and he sees the lamb. So the next song that we're going to sing is called "The Scroll." It's basically just telling the story from Revelations four and five. Jason, you can read the first little bit of of Revelations five for us. Revelation five. Then I saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll written within and on the back, sealed with seven seals. I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain with seven horns and with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne and when he began, when he had taken the scroll, 
the fourth living, the four living creatures, and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God, from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom of priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. So, this is the scroll. There was a day I saw a door open wide I stood before a king who beckoned me to come inside. The throne was there surrounded by rainbow light and tongues of fire and one too glorious to look upon. Waves and waves of crystal sea, lavish scenes of majesty, thunder roar and rattling the sky. Creatures I could not describe, never ceasing dare. An ancient angel anthem occupied. He is whole.
We skipped the noisy one. There is one noisy one called Zion. It's my daughter's favorite. She's about one in a year and four months, and she dances like a crazy thing on that song. So if you like noisy songs, you can stay till the end of the service, okay? And we'll sing it then. Um, but we've got two more songs. The, the next one we're going to sing is called The Kingdom. Uh, it's one I wrote in 2014. I've always wanted to do a road trip, and I've always wanted to go to Scotland, because Pringle of Scotland. Uh, okay. not, not the chips. Scotland. Okay. Um, <laughs> thanks, Chase. And... I had the privilege to go in 2014, and as I was doing this kind of long solo road trip around the borders of the country on my own, God just downloaded the song into my heart. Uh, it's the only old song on the album, or non-new song, but six years later, I feel the time is right. And I find it so encouraging that no matter what we read on the news, you know, and if you have opened News 24 in the last couple of days, at least the first five articles are about coronavirus. But, you know, no matter what we, we read, and the media loves to feed on our fear. No matter the, the, the pain and the destruction around us, I find it so comforting that there's a, a truth that is unchanged and that's unaffected by everything going on around us. And that is the fact that the kingdom of God is coming. There is a king and the kingdom of God is coming. And I don't mean that we must ignore pain or ignore destruction but I think there's just such a, a hope in our hearts. We know the end result. <laughs> we know who wins in the end. Um, and so this song is really a song for the church. It's a song for the bride. Uh, it's a song for, for us as a bride to be the voice. To, to, we're, we're called shofar, and that symbolizes being a shofar in this country and in this nation and, and being willing to, to kind of say that message that God has given us to say. And um, it's got a line from Revelations 22:17. It says that the spirit and the bride say, come. I really believe this is our heartbeat as believers. This is the impulse behind everything that we do and we say is we're just longing for Jesus to come back. So this is the kingdom. I'm going to ask Jason to play something pretty just while I tune. That's great elevator music. So, <laughs> this is the kingdom. There's a rising tide, there's a reckoning, there's a great divide, there's a seed of king, gather to the right, scatter to the left, it's your choice. Though the road is wide, it leads the other way, as the end from sight, until it's all too late, with the voice inside, night and day reminds us, urge is the king. 
song to share with you. This one's called Love Like You. Um, and it's one of those songs that challenges me because it convicts me every time uh, that I sing it or that I read it. And it's kind of like Hosanna. I think many of you will know Hosanna by Hillsong. It says, break my heart for what breaks yours. Is there anybody else who gets to that bridge and you kind of just like flinch for a moment because like, what am I saying, God? Uh, am, I, am I prepared for what I'm actually asking you to do? Um, and we as a church, we've been speaking a lot about love. We've been speaking a lot about the fact that love is messy. And what we have here is a miracle. Um, and it's not just about me and myself, but it's about all of us together as the body. And um, as, I, as I've been kind of wrestling through this, this theme of what it really means to love God and what it really means to love people, uh, the one day I was going for a run there in the Banuk Valley, and I just felt God drop this line in my heart. Will the broken find refuge here? Will the broken find refuge here? And I think our culture and the world around us, everything tells us to isolate ourselves and to protect ourselves and to look out for ourselves. Especially in a town like ours, you know, it's all about you and your nuclear little family and build yourself a bigger house, build yourself higher walls. Lock yourself inside. Keep yourself safe. Keep yourself as long as you're comfortable. <laughs> um, when there's an entire world that is out there that is longing for love, that is looking for love. And the church is God's answer for that. 
God wants to show the love of Christ through us, through the church. And uh, I, I, I really, I don't share this song as if I'm busy changing the world because I, I'm painfully aware of how selfish I am and how unloving I am. Uh, and so a prayer that I pray a lot myself is God just help me to see, open my eyes because I realize that I'm blind. I'm blind to people. I'm blind to the need. There will be a need right in front of me, but I'll be blind and I won't be able to see it. And um, I think what is so tempting for us as believers is to just begin to do stuff you know just kind of we feel feeling guilty so okay let's just do stuff but if our theme for this year is becoming obedient disciples that means not just doing stuff but being obedient in our walk with christ and so i want to not just do the things that kind of feel like it's going to kind of make me feel better about myself but i don't want those good intentions that kind of just die away as soon as the guilt subsides but i want to move in the compassion of christ i want to move with the spirit of christ i want to move with the power of christ because that is he gives us grace for every good work that we need to do amen and uh, a scripture that's in the song um has now disappeared from my ipad but it's basically from 1 john three sixteen, i think uh which basically says we're not loving just in talk, but we're loving in deed, and we're loving in truth. So it's not just about speaking about love, but like Christ did, laying our lives down for others. So this is love like you.
Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share. Sin.